Are you ready? It's time to separate the men from the boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to the Ginger's Perspective. We're talking MotoGP with Rob Portman, the editor of Ride Fast magazine. Available countrywide. Get your copy now. And it was a fascinating day out at Mizano at the San Marino Grand Prix. The day belonging to Danny Petroza. Absolutely outstanding. His tyre option really worked for him. And he blitzed his way around the circuit of the 28 laps. Unfortunately, it wasn't Valentino Rossi's day. But it was incredible to see an eighth different winner this season it is incredible so far it's just blown people away we've just seen eight different winners and then you get a guy like Danny Petroza who's won a race in every single MotoGP season he's been involved in he truly is a pro and an underrated one at that yeah it's been a long time coming you kind of kind of lost track of Petroza it wasn't even a name mentioned going into the weekend's racing because he just hasn't been anywhere really has suffered this year with, with basically a Honda that's been set up by uh, Marquez and Marquez's riding style and Pedrosa just hasn't adapted to the electronics of the bike and the Michelin tires the way he would have wanted to but uh, out at Mazzano it just proved you know if if there's a lot of heat and a lot of track temperature and Pedrosa then he's able to go fast you know when there's no track temperature because of his light weight he really does struggle to get heat into the Michelin tires at Mazzano it was one of the hottest races we've had all year got heat into the tires and you know, it was the Pedrosa of old, and uh, some of the moves, I mean, the, the, the pass he put on Rossi was, I haven't seen Pedrosa ride like that probably ever, you know, Pedrosa's always been the kind of rider that was always fast, but getting past people was kind of always his problem, and he, he got straight past Marquez, Lorenzo, and then Rossi, and, and won the race, and you know, like you said, the eighth winner of the season, I mean, it's, I don't know where else this MotoGP season can take us, to be honest, <laughs> It's just, it's overwhelming. It's, I don't think Dorna or the, the guys behind the scenes could have scripted it any better. And, uh, well, the only way they could have was letting Rossi, I suppose, win at Mazzano. But, uh, you know, hats off to, to Rossi. You could see he gave everything. Even when Pedrosa got past him and Rossi didn't have the, the tired left, he, he, he fought and he fought. And Rossi just defied all odds once again and just proved, you know, why he's the greatest of all time. And, it's just—it's so sad that he couldn't win it, but at the same time, it was great to see Pedrosa win it. Yeah, Rossi's now shaved a little bit off Mark Marquez, and as you say, you know, Rossi didn't leave anything out on the track. It was great to see, and and I think Rossi's in a position now where he's still within touching distance, but he can't afford to have Marquez get anywhere near the podium in the next few races, especially as we build up to Aragon. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> If I could have 10 rand for every yellow cap that I saw at Mazzano, I'd be a gazillionaire, that's for sure. <laughs> the, the, the man is loved there. He, I mean, he could uh, apply for president of Italy tomorrow and he'd win the hands down. Uh, he, he's that adored there. And uh, he's doing everything right at the moment. He's putting the pressure on Marquez. And, you know, unfortunately for, for Rossi fans and for Rossi, Marquez not doing his usual and, and buckling under the pressure at the moment, but rather doing the mature thing and picking up points um, rather than putting it down the road. But, you know, all Rossi can keep doing is putting on the pressure. Uh, Rossi's very fast at the next couple of tracks that we go to. Um, so the pressure is on Marquez. It's a 53-point it's lead, though, but you know Rossi's taken a chunk of points out of him in the last couple of races. So any mistake from Marquez, 
and uh, Rossi's there to punch. You know, Rossi's got nothing to lose now. He he can afford to go out and, and put it all on the line because, you know, he's, he's behind in the championship where Marquez is the one under pressure at the moment on a Honda that's not performing the way he wants it to. So uh, I don't think it's all gloom. Uh, it's all happy flowers and roses there in the, in the Repsol Honda camp. They've got a, a lot of work to do because... Um, Valley is coming and the movie star team are, are doing a good job at giving Rossi a bike to be very competitive on. I saw Marquez sort of when the race finished and he just like went into to the pit lane and and uh, just sort of like sat down in, in his seat and he ro- he looked rather grumpy like uh, unsatisfied but as you say it is a mature pr- approach from him. Is he developing into a a more street smart rider even at the tender age of 22 whatever he is because I just get the feeling that that bike is just letting him down I mean is is this his biggest problem at the moment do you think it's a combination of pressure and the fact that the bike isn't quite there yeah I think I think it is a good combination of both uh, you know he's never really had to handle pressure because you know if he if he won the world championship it was his first year yeah and if he crashed out oh well it's Marquez he's young and he's stupid so it's fine now everyone expects Marquez to to win and and to win the championship. So now he's got that, that pressure to deal with, and you know people are you know throwing more and more comparisons at him as is he the next Rossi? Is he better than Rossi? He's got the same amount of pole positions already as Rossi, and he's only a quarter of the age or whatever. So there's a lot of pressure being thrown at him, and you could see, like you said, when he came into the pits, he kind of climbed off the bike and sat there scratching his head, thinking, you know, I'm 22 years old. Um, you know, I should be thrashing Rossi, who's 37, 38 years old. Yet, you know, this guy's beating me week in, week out almost now. And he's putting a lot of pressure on him. And he's handling it at the moment, Marquez. But, yeah, if Rossi keeps doing what he's doing, you know, mistakes do happen. And Marquez has shown that he can make mistakes. So, I don't... It's far from over. This championship is far from over. I can tell you that much. But uh, <laughs> Marquez is doing the, the right thing at the moment. But, yeah, I don't know how much longer. It's... it's all up to Rossi and just keep playing the mind games you know he's he's won over Lorenzo again as we saw in the press conference and he's just got to keep um, piling the pressure on Marquez who is either going to buck or, or he's going to go through the rest of the season finishing third and second and picking up the points needed to, to take the win but what Marquez has to remember is you know if Rossi didn't have the blowout at Mugello and an unfortunate crash at Aston Rossi would be leading this championship comfortably so it hasn't been all you know just Marquez dominating and that's why he's got this points lead been unlucky from Rossi but when it's been a straight out fight between Rossi and Marquez most of the time Rossi's, Rossi's won out it's kind of sad in a way that, that we, the focus is is, is on on um, Rossi and, and Marquez and the spat with Rossi and Lorenzo when you had a guy like Petroza who rode probably one of the best races of his life and we know his smooth riding style he's easy on the brake so, so he when he gets that corner speed right it's absolutely phenomenal but end of the day, MotoGP is about three people right now, and it's Rossi, Lorenzo, and Marquez. And Lorenzo is driving me insane. The guy looks like he has a bad smell in his nose every single time. He's, uh, you know, Lorenzo, he came off the race and, and straight, interview straight off um, off the track in the Park Ferme when he said, you know, he wasn't fast enough and well done to Pedrosa. And I thought, oh, this is... That was, you know, that was the kind of answer we want to hear from Lorenzo, kind of admitting defeat and congratulating his other riders. And you think, okay, that's lacquer, well done. And then he goes into the press conference and then he complains about Rossi overtaking hard. And then you just think, oh, she's Lorenzo. You know, you finally gained about four or five fans. And then you 
gone and lost them all over again by opening your trap and, <laughs> and whining. You know, Rossi didn't say anything about Pedrosa's move on him, which was probably harder that um, Rossi put on Lorenzo because Rossi's there to race. You know, we're all there to race. We've we've all, at pro races, have all had that block pass put on it. It's the worst feeling in the world because you just literally feel like your best friend's kissed your sister. It's that horrible <laughs> feeling. But it, it happens. Lorenzo, yeah, Lorenzo's just a sports little brat and he really does need, you know, a manager needs to get hold of him, clap him across the ear and say, listen, you know, you can't do this, especially if he's going to Ducati. You know, Ducati thrive on t-shirt sales and, you know, the whole brand. It's kind of like Ferrari, you know, there's a brand behind it and they can't have a Lorenzo going there whining. Otherwise, they just, they're not going to be selling any Lorenzo Ducati shirts or any Ducati merchandise whatsoever. Yeah, let's not take anything away. The guy's a brilliant rider. He's a former world champion, so we know what he can do on the bike. But, yep, an attitude adjustment is is kind of what he needs. But I I must say, Rob Portman, in terms of scooping the rest of the world, uh, I know that uh, you said a few podcasts ago uh, that Brad Binder had secured a move to Moto2 and KTM had had announced it today. So you heard it first here. It's a great move for, for Brad. And, and after his efforts, I mean, he, he rode phenomenally well this weekend. And he's got, I would say, he's got a whole hand and a finger on that title at this stage. Yeah, he, um, yeah it was probably one of the worst kept secrets, to be honest. It was literally just about uh, KTM and Red Bull putting the press release together and getting it out, which they've finally done now. But, yeah, Brad told me a couple of months ago that, you know, that was the plan. And I'm glad he's going to a championship-winning team. You know, they they won last year's title with with Zarco. It's the same team. It's the same team he's currently in at the moment. So he's very comfortable with the team. Yes, it is a new bike, but KTM have, and White Power have developed the bike from the beginning of the year. So it's done loads of laps. It'll be ready to rock from the first race next year. Brad's going to be doing loads of testing on the bike at the end of the year. So uh, you know, people say, uh, you know, you look at the likes of Alex Marquez and the other. Danny Kent that have gone to Moto2 and they've struggled I just don't see it happening with Brad I, I just think Brad's to be honest uh, on another level to them um, and that's that's not being biased at all you know I've, like, I've seen Brad since he was nine years old and he, he just is so special on a motorcycle and he's so he's, he's, he very much reminds me of a Casey Stoner Brad he's just so integral and clever with everything he does I think he's going to climb on that Moto2 bike and like I said the, you know the, the biggest factor that he's got in his advantage is the fact that it's the same team it's a team he's comfortable with and it's a team that he's been with for the past two years so he's climbing onto a new bike yes but he's in familiar territory and I think it's just going to work and I think he's going to he will take a couple of races and maybe half a season to really adapt and then but at at some point next season he's going to click and uh, I think win races to be honest that will be exciting. One last one, very quickly. Heard a rumor that he actually had a MotoGP contact, a contract offered to him, and he decided he wants to do it the proper way and go from three to two before taking on the big boys. Um, <laughs> um I would love to tell you everything that I know about that, but because there really is some great stuff. But uh, yeah, look, he had a lot of he had a lot of offers for next year including MotoGP offers and a couple of really good ones as well but um, like I said he, he's a very mature guy he wants to go to Moto2 he wants to win Moto2 World Championship and then he wants to go to MotoGP on a competitive bike and win MotoGP he's not just uh, a rider that wants to get to MotoGP and fill the grid Brad wants to win races win championships and that's why he stayed in Moto3 
for as long as he has, you know, and, and now potentially with, like you said, uh, just about two hands on the trophy, can can take the title next weekend at, uh, at Aragon. He, he, he wants to do it the right way. He wants to be a champion in all three classes and he wants to be South Africa's uh, Valentino Rossi. And uh, me personally, I think uh, we're definitely going to see it happen. Rob Portman, thanks very much for your time. Editor of Ride Fast magazine. Get your copy now, and we can't wait for Aragon. Two weeks' time. It's too long. It should be this weekend already. Rob, thanks for your time.